Yeah, because yeah, I've got fuck all to do. <laughs> that's that's not how the words go. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And if I'd have been drinking out of the toilet, I might have been killed. <laughs> and I'm a pet detective. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the distracted, distracted Doc Walloper. I so nearly said Dog Walloper then. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Al, seeing as we all know where Brett is, what have you been up to? Um, what day is it? Did we just record? No, we, we're podcast? on another podcast. Right, okay. This is another podcast. Um, I have booked in MOT. a parts car for the MOT, nice. which is on Friday, as a preempted celebration of victory in said endeavor. I sold my car this morning. <laughs> oh, hey. What, the road seller? <laughs> yep. <laughs> You've sold the road seller. So the Honda is gone. Fuck. Um, well, when it comes and picks it up, it'll be gone. Yeah. Wait, hey, um, did, you, did you leave the volume knob in? I will I will offer it as a as an optional extra. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's all changed around on the driveway, uh, which now obviously leaves a gaping hole for another yeah. ridiculous project. Ooh, so there you go. Um, that will be yeah my next thing um we had rescheduled the um canal boat training for this weekend mm -hmm. uh, but as the weather is still shite it got cancelled again so i was left high and dry figuratively and literally not learning how to uh, pilot a canal boat so instead we just made smoothies with the scouts and taught them about <laughs> The, the nutritional values of fruit and veg. Nice. Yeah. Which is equally as wholesome. Yeah. And delicious. Love it. Um, I, I do like a good smoothie. It's how I start most mornings. Um, yeah. Gross. <laughs> Brett, what about you? What have you been up to? Where are you? Like figuratively or oh, emotionally? Yeah. What or... kind of space are you in, Brett? Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit of a creative space. Anyway, I am at Anne of All Trades, currently podcasting from one of her rooms in her house. Um, got here a couple of days ago with uh, I, Jessa, making most of the drive. And it was a bit cold and icy a few times, but made it here safe and sound. And then I think there was a good, I don't know, 24 hours, 36 hours of recovery from driving and not really sleeping. And then started cracking on and doing things like milking goats and helping feed the farm animals, which has been pretty delightful just to wake up and um, have morning chores to do if we're up early enough, which Anne always is because it's her responsibility. And even though I wake up early, it seems that even though we make plans almost every evening we've been here to get started nice and early and do the things and make the stuffs, uh, including today, it looks like it's going to be around a new noon 30 start. We'll see. So I think it's just the idea of, uh, you know, she has actual things that she has to do and animals that need to be fed and all that kind of stuff. So keeps delaying the start, but we have a lot of really fun. Uh, bits and bobs that we want to work on and we're just going to see what we can achieve during the time that we've got which is a bit indefinite but we know we don't want to be here for two months <laughs> we'll just we'll see how much longer uh maybe through the end of the week see as much as we can get done as i mentioned last week on the spiffing aspect of things 
I've talked to her a lot about how I could possibly help with getting the school going. And it's an open frame right now. And the place is basically skinned and electrified. But there's been so much back and forth. And she's had so many delays, not only because of the pandemic, but just, you know, expenditures fluctuating on and off that my idea of being able to come out here and then like build a metal shop for her or get some things ready. We're not quite there yet. So she's got most of the stuff set up in her garage. And I think today is going to be kind of using the coal iron press, getting things a little bit more optimized for that space and just getting it to the point where she can really do metal work in there and getting the forge set up. And we've been doing that the last couple of days and then just trying to work out what's, what's needed, what's working, what's not. Uh, that also includes her swing style and some of the techniques that she's been using. So it's been a fun sharing of knowledge and goat's milk is amazing. Fresh goat's milk is amazing. If you've never had it, goat's milk should not taste like kind of sour cheese. It should taste like cream and have no other taste. It's nice. just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Milking a goat and then four hours later drinking the milk. It was nice. awesome. A big part of why like fresh and raw milk tastes creamier, and this is for all animals, is because it's not uh, homogenized. Um, and what that does is it basically forces it through a really, really tiny sieve and breaks up the large um, fat molecules, which is why it tastes creamier when it's um, raw milk as opposed to uh, homogenized milk. Um, yeah. And that's why and they float to the top. They heat it too, right, for shipping. And then it's usually... Oh, yeah, yeah. A few oh. days, if not more than that, of shipping. Yeah. So all of that kind of adds to some fermentation. Unpasteurized. Yeah. yeah. Unhomogenized. Yeah. As I say, that's the that's the pasteurization and homogenization is the through the sieve thing. Also, I I, dairy. I'm sure plenty of people that listen, including maybe you two, but when you've <laughs> when you've been told we're eating dinner and it's something that was alive a few days ago that's also a fun feeling and a fun experience to deal with i mean yeah i like it's i guess it that's such a weird thing because i like obviously grew up you grew up on that. a farm yeah <laughs> yeah it's normal it's I'm quite yeah normal. i'm quite used to that yeah but, um it, yeah, it's like taking different. me back to the midwest upbringing where i had friends that raised cattle for mm. processing yeah and so yeah just a couple of days ago we had a really nice beefy dinner and she showed me pictures of the thing that we were eating. <laughs> <laughs> nice. so because I, I can remember growing up we had uh like each of us got given um a lamb and a piglet like on different years uh one year we had a lamb each one year we had piglets each and we hand raised them uh knowing that they you know they they were going to end up in in the freezer at some point um and i think like it's it's, it's such a weird thing to think back on it now and think fuck was it's is that a, a, a normal, okay thing to do? But yeah, I think it's a smaller it percentage of people than you'd think. It should hmm. be normalized. Yeah, it should that's, be. That's, that's it absolutely issue. should be. Because there's um, uh, in Bath and Bristol and other cities, I guess. Um, there's the like the city farms, um, and I think they're a really good thing because you know they'll have animals there that get raised. So everyone, sorry, shitty walk. Yes, uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, they get that. They get raised, and everyone that's involved with it knows 
where they're going and what's happening with it. I think it's 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 a good way to expose to people mm-hmm. to the reality of what's happening. Yeah. Um, Make sure you appreciate your food. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of appreciating food, uh, I have been filming and editing and editing mm-hmm. and editing. And uh, as it turns out, my even my desktop PC does not like 4K. It's it is um, struggling. That um, that was kind of the the my target benchmark for the the yeah. PC I built. Mm. You know, just will it will it handle? Yeah, four K. And I mean this this is kind of doing it, but I so because there's the um, the voiceover uh, section of it as well, and because we're doing like a talking heads um, section in these, mm-hmm. um, there's video and audio to go with it. But because I recorded the audio on this mic in fact um when well in fact it's this model but alex bought one um so i had to match up the the decent audio with the camera video and then export that out and i could not export that as a 20 minute long video at 4k (laughs) because it just came out and it was just the sound and no video and i i exported it like three times before i just gave up and was like Okay, we're just going to export this at uh, HD rather than 4K. So I think these videos might be um, might just be HD until I upgrade <laughs> my computer. But yeah, there you go. It's always the, it's always the best. Times. Yeah. Well, as I say, the, the main reason that I I wanted 4K was so that we could um, zoom and crop yeah. in. Um, Footage which, being 4K is the yeah key. exactly. And I mean, on these ones, it doesn't matter too much because we're so fucking close to. Um, what we're recording anyway, so I don't need to crop in. But but yeah, it's good. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, uh, also, Al, um, I'm related. I booked the uh, the thing with uh, Nick Weston, so we're doing that as well. That's all sorted. We're doing the thing as well. Nice. Yes. Helpful. Um, and I, uh, I, I asked about staying up there, and he said yes, and then said, go fuck yourself several times to literally every question. Amazing. So, I, so that's I, yeah, I, I think he's quite looking forward to it. Nice. Um, I, I, I on the note of food, yeah, uh, we us three as a, as a, as a triumvirate attended a food themed podcast at the weekend. Ooh, indeed, we did. We did, which is incredibly delightful. Um, yes. and had a good old waffle. <laughs> hey, see what you did there. Um, uh, talked about hagfish. Talked yeah, terrines. Yeah, I good. know it had it had to have been enjoyable. Without me being biased, because Jess was listening to it yesterday while we were working, and she was giggling the whole time. So that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, nice. I've had I've had a few people that have messaged me being like, "What the fuck were you talking about?" I, like, <laughs> I think it was mostly the part where Steve called me a blatant liar. Um, what the fuck were you liar for? I told you you didn't send me anything in the care package. Oh yeah, oh like, yeah, I sent you peanut butter juice. Yeah, fucking. And to be fair, I went into the shop today, uh, yesterday, and I did go to that section to look for peanut juice. Building on that, Brett, um, today is Pancake Day in the UK. Yes. Is it? Um, yes. But yesterday at work, we had a, we have like a, a cycle planning thing every two weeks, so we all got, we all went into the studio, and I made pancakes for everyone. Hey, mm. but. Um, and one of the brands that we're working on at the moment has like a hexagon as an icon, so I made all these hexagonal pancakes. And then, in addition, to, forge. and in, in addition to that, it's not an ownable shape, dickhead. And then, in addition to that, 
we made jammy dodgers, but they were hexagons, and the little jam bit in the middle was hexagons as well. Nice. But a oh. homemade jammy dodger bread is a thing to behold. Yeah. Uh, Just crumbly shortbread. Delicious. Have you got, have you got photos of that? Yes. Can you send me one so I can send it to Al and say that we should get our own? Well, I've got speak. I've got the molds and everything, so brilliant. And the cookie. That's cutters. it. Yeah, that's Perfect. it. Next time you guys work together, Al makes those. Oh, yeah, we could do like omelets and all sorts of shit in the hexagon. Yeah, nice. oh. yeah, you should definitely bring them down. Uh, for yeah, um, what else have I? So yeah, I I don't know if uh, if it's obvious, but I've been getting distracted quite a lot. Um, and uh, just now or just just, just in general, um. And doing this edit is it's it's got to the point where I've just been in the house on my own with no one but Murphy uh for oh also that was what I was gonna say. Um last Thursday was donut day in uh Poland, which apparently oh, is that why did nobody tell me? Yeah, I know, right? I only found out on the day. Um and obviously can't have donuts but does this make the segue even better when you like set up a really good segue based on our conversation and then completely got distracted and talked about donuts and now you got to go back into it if you get I, full I mean, circle if, if you go full circle hey <laughs> podcast is over i'm leaving yeah. i was actually going to talk about something else uh as well but i've forgotten what that was because i i got distracted oh yeah so doing the editing um so yeah i get uh i get really easily distracted um and it doesn't matter whether it's like because i was like oh do you want to just work in the office because then you can like then you then there's no distractions i was like no there is there's still a world and it's still me um and i really do struggle with uh with these but there's um there's a couple of uh like playlists on uh what's the thing called youtube um and obviously I've you did about... call it for you a minute ago as well yeah I you, you forgot what youtube was called yeah, <laughs> i was on my I've, my for you page <laughs> i've been it's been a very edit heavy couple of days i'm not well um but yeah uh the the i've talked about lo-fi music before and how i like to use that when i'm yes. working um and it, it like genuinely it's a really good um uh thing for me but there's there's a load of like they're designed for or they I say they're designed they're labeled as being like um, for ADHD people or mm -hmm. for this or for that and um, th they weirdly work uh, they're kind of like they're just mellow enough to keep my mind kind of busy but mm. at the same time not distracting enough that i can't concentrate on what i'm doing especially at the moment because i'm doing the voiceover stuff so i can't have anything that's too distracting because it takes away from the voice um but at the same time there's only so many times i can hear someone say nudie or ricotta and talk about ricotta for five like it's it's like a maybe maybe like a two and a half minute segment of talking about ricotta uh but i've heard it so many times uh that i have lost the will to eat cheese um which is not a state that anybody wants to be in um but yeah so we were going to talk a little bit about distractions because the guys on the uh two-thirds not rasmus podcast um were talking about it today this week brett this week yeah yes yes uh and brett was listening order to roll because what order roll order all what it's the audible version of adderall ah TM. Perfect. Well done. Um, 
but yeah, uh, ADHD. <laughs> but but Brett is a, uh, a a good friend and actually listened to the podcast. Um, and they were talking. Well, it had about... it had Andy Berkey on it. That's I mean, let's Ooh, be honest. Yeah. Okay, I might actually listen to that episode then. Um, <laughs> but uh, the. Uh, yeah, they were t- apparently one of the things that they were talking about was, do you know what? Do you want to just take this one? Because yeah, you- that's fine because you're giving them way too <laughs> too much credit and telling them that we stole another idea from them, which we don't do. Correct? We I do five weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jan made a statement about um, talking a little bit about the waking up in the morning and immediately opening your phone, checking social media, emails, whatever, whatever you need to do in the morning or feel like you need to do. It's within minutes waking up, right? So you develop this routine of just immediately getting pounded with, I don't know, stimuli <laughs> and easy, easy out. <laughs> That's what Brett's waking up to. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, the over over stimulus um, that's also developed in the world. And Red even made the, um, it was Red or Berkey even mm-hmm. talked about uh, Vegas, how Vegas is just created to distract people and keep you kind of visually and audibly entertained and distracted the entire time. And it's a bit discombobulating, but where there's an entire city that's dedicated to that in the U S I do think Jan's statement about waking up in the morning and have certain people have these routines of opening their phone up, checking every text message, every social media post, whatever. I don't do that. So more than anything, what he also said is that he wakes up and he has like a morning routine to make coffee or tea or whatever the hell he drinks. And I am the same way. Like my phone is next to me. And if I have an alarm set, I turn it off and then it sits back down. That's it. I just put it over in the corner. I don't need to look at it. There's nothing so pertinent that I need to immediately open my phone and start distracting myself. So I go out and make a cup of coffee I do the thing. And then first thing I usually check is emails and then maybe a few social media posts or some messages that came in over Instagram. That's it. I give myself maybe 30 minutes of that and I genuinely lock myself off. And it's like, okay, now it's time for work things. Start figuring out what I need to do for the day. And I'm not trying to give myself a bunch of credit and say that's the correct thing that everybody needs to do. It's what works for me because when I was younger, that's what I used to do. I'd wake up social media. And when I was even younger, it was like, wake up Facebook. What's everybody's statuses, you know? Um, And when it comes to work things, and this spills over into trying to get work done, like Steve editing, there's a multitude of distractions that exist out there. And I feel like the world is constantly fighting for our attention whether it's social media or whatever the newest deal down the street at the big box store is something's trying to pull you away from getting anything actually done or being productive. If you've set a little bit of guideline for yourself and then you deviate. Ow, working on a project, you can see that it's just, Oh, I just, I was going to switch the light bulb, but now it turns out the wiring's bad. So I need to go fix the wiring. Oh, it turns out the circuit's bad. I need to fix the circuit. I don't look at that as the same thing as being distracted. No, no, no. That, that's just digging too deep. <laughs> exactly. So I'm interested in hearing about, like, in all honesty, do you guys wake up and immediately turn your phones on and spend 30 minutes chatting, looking so, through social so media? So I've not, I've not thought about this, like, 
respective retrospectively until you just talked about it now. Like I'm aware of it, but I always just assumed it was because the phone was there and now we're connected and there's no escape from it. Blah blah blah. blah. But actually, when I think back, before I had all those distractions, before I had phones and, and all that stimulus, I still needed it. And I, and I used to wake up in the morning as a kid and I wouldn't be able to function until I started to stimulate my brain. So whether that was read the back of the cereal box or, you know, have some sort of input or problem solve or something. And, it, you know, obviously I wasn't drinking that much coffee as a kid um, and or needing that. It wasn't about waking up. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about, oh, I'm physically tired. And like, like, like an adult now, you need, you know, you need that caffeine as a, medical stimulant mm -hmm. but for me it was it was like and i think it still is it's like a like a starter motor for my brain like i like i need mm. to get the ball rolling otherwise it'll just be like a lazy saturday morning cartoons i'm not really thinking my brain's not in it you know i'm yeah. essentially for all intents and purposes still asleep yeah but i still need that stimulus and if it is if it is a phone and you can just sit and fuck about and read your notifications and check your emails and stuff I, I'm not actually trying to achieve anything with that. I'm probably not even reading anything. I'm probably not even actually absorbing anything. It's just almost like I need to to start the gears turning. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's all. That's all it is for me. Yeah. So you I, do see it as something positive or beneficial yeah, to you? Absolutely. I, I think. I think. Yeah. I think there's a there's a a tendency to really easily kind of just paintbrush all that stuff with like, oh, it's the devil. You know. Yeah. Having the phone is the devil. It, having this constant distraction and constantly on and there's no escape from it and stuff. But for me, that that's just, it's the same thing as the cereal box as a kid. I, I, I just need that little bit of help getting started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, I'm <clears throat> kind of similar in that I, you know, I, especially if I wake up, if I want to get up and out of bed, mm. I need to do something to, Otherwise, otherwise you just freeze, and you, st and you, yeah. you the danger is that you lie there and you start to think things, and then yeah. you're just like you're just locked, and you're like, yeah. well, I'll think about this, then I'll think about that, and it's then yeah, and it's, it's no hard. Like, like the, the the I've got um I've got a Google Home uh in my room, and like if if I'm awake and like if I'm awake but I don't want to actually turn over and pick up my phone, <laughs> then I'll just tell that to play some music because at least that's something. It's something that I yeah, can yeah, yeah. right um, right click into. Like if I'm like I, it's not so bad if I'm in a um, in a relationship and I'm sharing a bed with someone because at least then there's some kind of like communication that can happen. I can like speak to them. I can say good morning or whatever. But I think <laughs> yeah. um, like failing that, yeah, rolling over and either telling that to play music or picking up my phone and going through notifications. Especially like I, I obviously I speak to a lot of people and I I am um, I have a personality trait i guess uh where i constantly need to check to make sure that everyone's okay and that i um that i'm not um like nobody's messaged me saying like oh shit i'm broken down can you come pick me up or whatever um and so i kind of uh i i feel a need to, to quickly check on that and also to to see if plans have changed for the day or to see if there's anything going on like the amount of times that i've um I get up and there's a message from Joe or Al saying, oh shit, can you pick up some uh, Thunderbolts from Screwfix on your way in or whatever. Um, so yeah, I kind of like that's, 
it it preps me for the day and i think i do i do tend to use um the social media side of things as well like whether that's scrolling through um uh nine gag or instagram or whatever and just getting that kind of like quick little dopamine hit before i start um doing stuff um yeah i think it's all kind of needed for me just to like like i said just to kind of get the brain going mm -hmm. I will agree that the music side, and you started the podcast out by talking about this lo-fi stuff. I have found a bunch of very productive and constructive stimulus in the form of music and the YouTube music app that does help me. And there are mornings where it's like, I'll have coffee and the headphones are already in and it really helps jumpstart that. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Al, with these, these jumpstart mechanisms, these mm -hmm. things that do help me get rolling when I feel like I'm a bit sluggish. Um, social media is not one of those, though. Like, I, I don't actively get on Instagram within the first five minutes of my day. And I rarely even mm. text messages may take priority because I just don't get a lot of them. Like, unlike you, Steve, or at least as as much as you've admitted, I don't work with other people. So I don't have those immediate responsibilities. So if I get a text message, it's from somebody very close to me yeah and there's probably a reason for that exchange and it's not usually just like a hello how are you where, today or have talked is, with you. i i have my phone up and i've got like 15 messages from jess where she's just sending me reels on fucking instagram uh, well if if you're looking at that as a negative thing then stop sending tiktoks back all day long <laughs> that's um, how we communicate with each other yeah well to each their own uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, though, in in terms of the distraction stuff and because of Al, what you said with like, you may not even be reading or interacting with these things. It's, it's just a it's a scroll thing. You know, you're just looking through or, or something may strike your fancy. But this is a discussion I actually had with Dave France, a good friend of ours. Dave was chatting with me about like how to come up with new ideas or really wanting to achieve some unique things that he was making. And he was saying that maybe even um, without us knowing subconsciously that we are, we, we are seeing stimulus or we're seeing photos or a post or something like that. And it's just so scroll heavy and there's just yeah. so much of it every single day. Then you go and make something you're like, wow, I've never seen this before. And you're like, actually, People have been doing that, or so-and-so did that, or this is a style similar to this one. And without even knowing, because you've oversaturated your brain pan, yeah. you you remake it and you can you could make the excuse that it's parallel thinking. But you know, if there was any kind of um if there was any kind of responsibility to take, or if you felt burdened by, oh my god, I super copied this person. I didn't think about it. <laughs> I don't remember seeing their thing. And you know, Dave, I, I hope you wouldn't mind uh, that I'm talking about this because I saw it as a really beneficial um, topic to kind of chat about or at least something to bring up where it's like, wow, so often I'm so distracted and so oversaturated. I might make something and think it's all unique or I, I think <laughs> I've got a really nice, neat new idea that I'm going to try. And then before I even get started on it, I happen upon the thing that I I yeah. don't remember seeing and then you're like oh my god no i just spent a week thinking about this thing and now i don't even want to do it anymore it's like super depressing because 
for me and in this conversation with Dave, it was just like, oh yeah, like the the his solution was like maybe I just need to step away from social media. And you're like, yes, that is one solution that you have to kind of cut those stimuli out. But that's also, I think, where a lot of our our makery comes from. Like I go to the museums not to try and recreate any of Michelangelo's work, but it has an impact on me. It makes me want to try and work in stone. Am I going to recreate the David? No. <laughs> David France, maybe. But I want to know how those things play into my approach to creating things or my creative thought process. I don't want to have to make the excuse that something's parallel thought and I don't, I, I totally didn't see it. I probably did. And I think he was right for bringing that up. I'm like, maybe I saw it and I didn't even remember. Yeah. I think, I think it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a tough one because there is yet. Yeah, yes. There are people that are going to go out there and they're going to straight up copy what you've done, but everyone takes inspiration from everyone else. Like, I mean, I mean, even, even currently it's not, it's not necessarily about like plagiarism. Yeah, there, there are. There's a whole culture now where people deliberately do what other people are doing. Yeah, and they call it a trend, trend. like d doing this latest trend. It's yeah. like, so you're just basically doing what everyone else is doing. Yeah, <laughs> you're just you're <laughs> taking that joke and doing your own version yeah. of it. Yeah. And but the thing is, is it, like this has been happening for for years. That's why patents exist. That's why mm. copyright exists. Um, and I think it's it's such a complex issue because it's not. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing something that someone else has done and going, oh, I really like that. I'm going to try making my own version of it. Or better yet, seeing like one of the things that I love about social media is <clears throat> seeing techniques that people have used and going, oh, I can apply that technique to this other thing that I've been doing. Like, you know, uh, trying to get the neck perfect on a, um, a spoon or something and going, oh, well, so-and-so used a jig that did this for this completely unrelated thing, but that same principle applies to the thing that I'm working on. Um, so yeah, I think like, I think if you're taking a, a product or a, a concept that someone else has, or a, a product concept that someone else has, has got and is kind of their, their thing and you're just straight up um, copying that, I think, yeah, that's probably a problem, but I think, I don't think anybody that is going to go, I'm going to take a step away from social media because I don't want to copy people. And all of a sudden, all my ideas will be original because yeah. I'm not on social media. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's going to do that. But, and the other thing is, is like, so many of our ideas uh, are taken from, like, say, if you go to the museum and you see something there and you go, oh, actually, that's inspired me to make this other thing. Like, that's, that's the same thing. It's still not an original idea as such. I think this is where the conundrum was in that conversation I was having with David, um, where it is a, it is a possible solution, you know, kind of <laughs> made a little giggle about it, but cutting out social media is like, yeah, I mean, I guess that might help, but what else has to be cut out? You know, maybe it wasn't social media where you saw it. Maybe it was at a storefront or some product you saw on. Yeah marketplace or you know whatever it was so it was almost more difficult to just go i i don't really know what you would have to step away from or take a break from and i you know yesterday uh we were in the forge playing around and he actually he made a hammer for jess that's kind of a a tweak on a dog's head but it still has a little bit of a heel end and you can definitely use both sides 
as far as I'm concerned, it's a, it's a pretty damn unique hammer. Like I've never seen that ex exact styling um, and super cool approach to it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still take those deviations. Like I've seen this chamfer once, you know, or somebody that did this exact facet orientation. But we've made the joke about it plenty of times on here where it's like there's only so many different ways that you can make a hammer before it's just, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel. Hmm. Um, wheel hammer. If, there you go. If we were trying to uh, decrease the distractions to come up with these, you know, to exist on our own and maybe come up with these original ideas, it's like what what are the real solutions to that? Is it really just a shifting of perspective, kind of like what you were saying, Steve, where going to a museum, I'm not, I'm never going to stop doing that for fear of, oh no, I'm totally stealing from one of the Renaissance painters. Like that's not going to happen. But how do you balance the, what's inspiring? What could you consider research and development looking through products that exist or social media posts from people that you respect? What, what can you do to shift from, oh no, I'm being too influenced by TikTok videos and now I just want to remake everybody else's shit. How do you put a positive spin on that and call it research or call it, I don't know, jotting down of ideas, brainstorming based on what other people are making? I mean, I think it depends on what you're actually, what you're making. If you're just going, I'm going to go out into the workshop and make something for fun, then yeah, by all means, just go out and make something for fun. And it, to an extent, if you're doing it just for practice it almost doesn't matter if you're making someone else's thing if you're if you're making something to sell um like i think you have to have to come up with a concept and you have to either try and put your own unique spin on it or whatever and you you sit down you do that research and and you figure out what it is about it that that makes it yours i mean you you said the the hammer example and like you know i've only seen this chamfer and on one other person's work or whatever like that's that's a stylistic choice it's still a hammer it still functions as a hammer um, you know, without that chamfer, it's not going to change the functionality of it. So you put your style on a, a known product or a, a known style or whatever. I think it's, it's more about, um, figuring out what you're trying to make and why you're trying to make it and going from there rather than, rather than going, I need to make something, where can I get inspiration from? Figure out what you want to make and then use you're in, like then draw inspiration from anywhere and everywhere i feel like sense. we're getting distracted from the topic Ooh. um just talking about another dave brett the um the dave gorman show years ago about google whack where you yes. had to find uh, an internet search term that only had one result and that was a google whack and it was a fantastic adventure and he was trying to find things where he could, yeah it was great it doesn't exist anymore and 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 I I had a similar theory a few years later, having not seen that show, but it was just purely coincidental. About you can type any combination of words into the internet, and that will exist. Yeah, <laughs> whatever your brain can imagine, no matter how disconnected or perverse, someone will have made a wheel out of hammers. <laughs> yeah, I just typed it in. There you go, wheel out of hammers. Mm -hmm. Um, so the 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 potential for uniqueness is diminishing. The more we learn, the more we grow, the more people on the planet and the more activities are undertaken and the more time passes, you, the, the the likelihood of uniqueness heads towards zero. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't 
do things that are worthwhile doesn't mean that you can't be original. Yeah. Um, but I just wrote down positive distraction because I think there's a danger that if you do get stuck in that, I, I've put down, get off the roof, right? So if you're on the roof all day and you're just working on the roof and this is what I'm doing on roofing, it's like you're that's all you're doing. Yeah. And you almost need someone to come along and distract you. So you come down from the roof, you rethink it, you look at it from a different angle, you um, maybe try a different hammer, try a different tool, uh, get a different perspective on it. Um, that is a positive distraction. But I'm I'm a fucker for this because I will always just try to get people to leave me alone. Yeah. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to achieve this thing. I want closure on this thing. Leave me alone. Stop trying to distract me. And for all the good in the world, friends, whatever, will always try and distract me. You know, you need a break. I fucking hate it when people tell me I need a break. It's like, I'll decide when I need a break. I'm an adult, but I'm obviously not. I'm a stubborn no, child. I was yeah. going to say, are you? So I, I won't have a break when, when I definitely need one. And it's not about having a rest. Like, oh, I'm not strong enough to keep going. You know, like yeah. I'm running a marathon. It's a mental break. You know, a distraction is a mental break from the thing that you're doing. And, and I'm assuming you two are similar to me in that you get stuck in a mental rut. And you get stuck in the thing that you're doing and becoming obsessed with it and becoming, you know, whatever the opposite of distraction is. Yeah. Like mentally obsessed. Hyper-focused. Hyper-focused. It's like, I need that distraction. So yeah. I, I think I think distractions can be a magnificent thing. Yeah. Because it's that whole thing of like going down a single alley and working on a, on something in a sing, singular way yeah. and just banging your head against a brick wall trying to figure out how to complete it. But when, so you see that squirrel, squirrel, and you yeah. follow it. Who knows where it might lead? Yeah, that's the thing. Is you, you take a step away and you go, "Oh fuck! Why am I doing? Why am I doing it that way? When if I do it this way, it's so much easier, yeah. or more enjoyable, or there's yeah. a different outcome." Yeah, you you can sure as hell bet if there is a cat standing in a field and a ray of light is pointed at them, I don't care where I'm on my way to. I'm gonna go talk to that cat. <laughs> so I I appreciate the idea of positive distractions or good analogy with the being on the roof all day. Mm. Um, I, I much like many of the conversations we've had recently, I'm trying to constantly find ways to put more positive spins on things yeah. recently. It's, it's just been so much negativity in the past going through my own head of, I get distracted. I fall into a rut 45 minutes later. I realize I've completely wasted that time on meaningless stuff <laughs> and I need to figure out how to pull myself out of it. And then it's like, okay, now we're back to work. The perspective I'm trying to put on it now is since I'm not really super, super active on social media and chatting with folks all day long, it's, there's gotta be a reason. Like if I'm diving down a rabbit hole for 45 minutes to find what piece of music was used in an obscure eighties movie, like, why am I doing that? What drives me to do that? Is it because I actually, I remember that piece of music so well that I now want to try and find something like that in my little music library that I use for my YouTube videos so that I can put it in my next video. Well, in that mindset, that's useful to me. I may spend an hour looking for a piece of music similar and I could go, well, that was a waste of time and I didn't even find it. But hey, hmm. I was driven or creatively, you know, wanting to play around in this world of this tone of music and put it in a video. I don't see that as anything negative. Yeah. But I have to keep reminding myself that these these moments of distraction can be positive. 
yeah. there can be a, a really solid reason for them. I just have to decode that after the fact and figure out what I was doing. Yeah, I think that's it's it's a difficult one to to figure out. And I think again, like with so many other things we talk about, there is gray areas in it. I was thinking about it earlier today, the fact that um, I was busy working on this edit, but I was distracted because there was things in the house that needed doing, like just like the washing up or the dog needs being taken for a walk or whatever. And I was like, no, because they're distractions. I need to just knuckle down and get on with this thing. And I just need to sit here and work. But because I was thinking about those distractions, I was, just, I was distracted from work and wasn't able to, to work efficiently. And those things needed doing anyway. So if I just got up and done them, then they wouldn't have been a distraction anymore and I would have been more productive. Um, so I think sometimes those distractions, what you say, those, those positive distractions, um, or sorry, negative distractions, um, you can turn them positive by just going, actually, you know what? I'm just going to commit to getting this thing done and out of my head so it's no longer a distraction, whether it's finding a bit of music or doing the washing up or whatever. But I think that's going to be different for every person. Like you, you need to know and be honest with yourself when you're just procrastinating, when you're looking for those things to do rather than sitting down and going, right, okay, I'm, I'm actually working on this now and ignoring the fact that, you know, there's the DVDs aren't in alphabetical order or whatever. I do have to throw this in there. Something I've said for a very long time. Uh, I think cleaning the shop, specifically just sweeping the shop space or wherever I'm working and taking that 15 minutes to do it rather than, oh, I'm at a break point. Let me check the old phone and then get on Instagram for 30 minutes. Uh, I don't do that. That's usually when I trade out for sweeping or, or organizing or knolling or whatever. Um, we're all aware of that. Like knolling, we're cleaning up as you go, however you want to call it. But I do think that's my most positive distraction mm. that I consistently do. And I, I never really equated it to that. It was always just like, yeah, just, just clean up. It'll help things. And we've talked about it plenty of times. But it's 100% a distraction because my head is a mile away from actually just sweeping or cleaning. I'm not thinking about anything having to do with cleaning. So that, that that's really got me thinking, actually, Brett, because that sounds like a really healthy part of your routine. Mm. But to me, I always thought of a distraction as an unexpected thing, like a random occurrence or something yeah. that you hadn't accounted for, not just a healthy planned endeavor where you just go, I need to, I need to change my headspace or change my environment or, you know, change the taste in my mouth. You know, the distraction is just going and doing something different. Yeah. I always, I, I think given my personality, I always saw distraction as someone fucking annoying me yeah. or someone stopping me what I'm doing or noise is a distraction or light is a distraction, you know, not thinking actually a distraction could be something you purposefully do to yourself. Hmm to help <laughs> but then like is that a distraction or is that you going i need to take a break and need to take a, a step away like i would consider that a break not a distraction um because you're you know you're making a con con conscious decision to step away um so like the like to me a, a distraction is like you say Al, like it's someone coming in and interrupting you or doing whatever but i think for like one of the other ones to go back to what brett was saying earlier on um about phones we had a big long discussion in uh the workshop last year 
about mobile phones because uh, Al hated the fact that he would sometimes see us on our phones. Nine times out of ten, we were just changing songs or putting a different audiobook on or whatever, or setting a timer for the vibro polisher or whatever. But he was getting so frustrated at the fact that he he saw it as us being distracted from work and that was distracting him because he was then he was seeing it he was going away he was getting frustrated about the fact that we were not working as he saw it um so that would play in his head which was distracting him from his work which meant that he was being less efficient as it turns out we were actually like I say generally we we're just changing songs or setting timers or whatever so he put a rule in place that um we had to leave the phones in the kitchen um so we all did that and yeah it was fine but we were no more productive in fact we were less productive because every time he messaged us from the office we'd have to put down what we were doing go into the kitchen grab our phone check to see if it was al that was messaging us or someone else and then if it was al reply or go and check the thing that we were doing reply and say oh yeah it's at this stage or whatever or if we had to set a timer we'd have to go in there and redo it or if we did want to change the song or the audiobook we'd have to do that um and it it came to a head because uh i said the trouble is like if i'm cooking pans and i've got stuff in the vibro and i'm trying to make pans at the same time i need to set like different um timers for each of those and if i'm just constantly walking in and out of the kitchen to check on timers to see whether i've got enough time to do this other thing or not it's it's not gonna be that efficient mm. whereas um like we, we had some targets for like how many pans get made in a day um so we set those targets and every single time that I beat those targets, I had my phone in my pocket the entire day because I was able to quickly go, actually, you know what? This audiobook's doing my head in. It's I'm finding it distracting because it's not energizing me. I need to put some music on instead. Mm. So I put on some music, but then realizing actually this this song's bugging the shit out of me because I'm not in the headspace for that song. So I'm gonna put a different song on. And then finding that thing, like, yes, I'm taking my phone out of my pocket every few minutes for 30 seconds, but as soon as I was in the flow, that was it. It was fine. And it meant that I could quickly take my phone out mm. between um, pans or between holes or whatever and just quickly look and go, okay, Al's not messaged. That was someone else. That's fine. Carry on. Or bring it out and be able to reply and just be so much more efficient because what was seen as a, as a distraction was actually benefiting how my workflow is. I mean, how, how many times on a Sunday evening have you two been wondering where I am? It's because like <laughs> that'll be the case. I'll be like doing yeah. something underneath something heavy, covered in yeah. some substance. Yeah. No, that sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> and and I've deliberately not had those distractions around me, and then yeah. I just lose track of time. But you know that's. Yeah. So, since we're talking about the negative connotation of the word distraction or being distracted, um, I I'm going to go ahead and assume that's the standard that people see distracted and that immediately means something negative, but in the interest of etymology and also I was just about to things, go there, Brett, you there beat you me to it. So I, I did the old Google searching, right. For the definition of distraction and two out of three of the definitions are negative. It says one, a thing that prevents somebody from giving full attention to something else. I would see that as negative. The other one says, extreme agitation of the mind or emotions which i would also see as pretty negative negative. and this third one says a diversion or recreation so two out of three 66 percent of this 
is negative or it's yeah. perceived as negative. This idea that we're talking about of positive distractions or like Steve is saying, you that story you just told did not end by saying it was a positive distraction. It was that's a useful tool. It was yeah. misperceived as a distraction. But yeah, I do. I do think that is what we're like the underlying case that we're trying to make here is like certain things like me sweeping. Somebody could be like, dude, you're not working for 20 minutes. What are you doing? You don't need to clean right now. This is going to help me in the end. If you had your phone on you, it was so much more beneficial clearly by the end of it. So other people's perception of what a distraction is also. Plays well, in well, yeah. I mean, th it's the whole, just because you're distracted doesn't mean you weren't more productive. Hmm. especially if you're like stuck in a rut yeah. and you're just going through the motions, like a distraction could actually help you speed up, even though, you know, ironically it was stopping you. So I would, I would raise your definitions, Brett, with, with, with the etymology distraction, you know, distract is, is, is pull apart the opposite of contract, which is to pull, push together. Right. So distract is about, I, and I think that's why I always saw it as a negative. Like it was, it was you being ripped away from the thing you were doing like disconnected, disjointed, distracted from what you were doing. And it, it feels quite like a violent thing. It feels like a very disruptive thing. So it wasn't about like the stimulus necessarily. It, it, it was it was the physical act of being pulled away. And I think that's mm. what I always saw distraction of until I started thinking of distractions as being a positive thing. Like Steve, I don't know if you put this in deliberately in the chat, but must remember to look at stuff that's far away from the screen. He yeah. was making fun of me at the beginning of the podcast. No, because no, it's because I was looking away. And... <laughs> I thought you were doing that to me. I'm sorry. No, no, it's because I need. I I've been staring at the screen. Yeah, for no, I I, I I literally have that sticker on my screen yeah. at work telling me to look away from my screen. And it's because you came on and I looked at you and I did the Wait, whole kind of like eyes going right thing. Uh, saw you um, doing it, and then went, oh, actually, that's a good point. Al looks away from the screen all the time. I need to look away from the screen, hmm. and did that. It's really which nice is which is literally distracting you, but it, yeah. it's it's not it's not it's not um, disruptive. It's not yeah. destructive. So, like, I think one of the like the best um, positive distractions for me is when I'm doing um, something that's like extremely repetitive. Like, uh, if I'm doing uh, like copper work or like texturing copper, or if I'm um, uh, if, if you were sanding or doing whatever podcast the amount of people that listen to podcasts or audiobooks or music when they're doing boring repetitive tasks because it's distracting it's distracting you from the fact that it's really monotonous because if you don't have a distraction you just go stir crazy and you get bored like even when i've been editing like before i was doing any of the sound stuff when it was just scrubbing through video i had an audiobook playing because otherwise it was fucking torturous i needed something to distract my mind from the fact that what I was doing wasn't particularly interesting. Um, so I think in that sense, we can kind of say that sometimes distractions are spiffing. Al, what's the order? Sub. Sub, that means I'm going first. Uh, so I am going to have a completely selfish spiff this week, and I'm going to spiff every single one of you fuckers that has donated to the raffle so far for the charity axe. It's um, just the most expensive axe now. I think, well, I think the, well, no, because, you know, you can get it for a fiver. Joke's on you, it wasn't for charity. <laughs> yeah. 
uh but yeah like i think there's like 1300 quid uh it's been raised for uh mind already um i don't know when this will be out but uh the draw will be on sunday um so you've probably still got time to enter if you haven't done it already um but yeah like it's it's been an amazing response and i've had some amazing messages and things from people and so thank you to everyone that has either donated or shared or talked about it or reposted it or whatever um you're all fucking spiffing um what was the order who's next me Spa. yeah correct no al al saab saab al right my um spiff is i think this has been a topic of conversation but i don't think we spiffed it um, i think i actually spiffed a campaign that these guys did so that uh, a couple of years ago three years ago two years didn't happen um yeah. there was a campaign by the breakfast cereal cheerios called right on tracks as in tracks that are right on as in they're righteous and they're really wholesome and it was about teaching kids about values and being inclusive and stuff and it was lovely little stop frame animations and puppets and the People that made the puppets are called Arch Model Studio on Instagram. Uh, and they then went on to create the puppets that were used in Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, which is, if you've not seen, is visually incredible. And the yes. puppets are amazing. Um, and if you like dogs, it's a film about dogs, so go and watch it. Um, and I like dogs. I, I, it's about dogs and Japan. If you like both those things, it's even better. Yeah. Um, and they've recently done uh, a campaign for Oatly, Oatly, which is great. Um, and the puppets are just hilarious. They're just little yep. oat milk cartons, and they're just goofy and really lo-fi, and it's just great. And the animation is great, and the puppeteering is great. Um, it feels a little bit kind of um, don't touch, don't hug me, I'm scared. Mm. But it's a, it's a, it's innocent. It's not, yeah, um, grim and depressing like don't hug me, I'm scared. <laughs> um, but they're they're just doing lovely, tactile, hands-on, real stuff, which in a world of overstimulation and digital distraction, yeah. uh, it's great to see crafts work like that. So Arch Model Studio on Instagram. Go and check them out. Nice. They're based job. in London. London. Fantastic. That's fucking awesome, dude. Uh, there's some really nice stuff. For some there. reason, there's a massive Aslan. I don't know if they made Aslan for Line the Witch in the Wardrobe. Maybe they did. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some really fucking cool stuff. I'm getting really distracted from the podcast by looking at it. Uh, Brett, what about you? Who would you like to spiff? So I'm going to spiff. I know for a fact we had to have spiffed this person before. Also, they've been a guest on our podcast, and it was a way better episode than the one I'm referencing. But the boys over at Two Thirds, fantastic episode, as always. I have to say that Berkey being there, telling a couple of new stories that no one has heard before, and he he admits as much on the podcast. He's just a goddamn delightful person. And he, very early on in my meeting new people in the community, I was up at Jimmy's for the teepee build uh, that everybody was invited to. And that's where I got to meet Berkey for the first time. I got to hang out with him in the mornings. Uh, at Maker Central because he was the other one that was up early and we'd meet down in the lobby. Um, it was a really good reminder. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he's just a goddamn treat. And if you want to hear more of him, I hope you're listening to the two thirds focused podcast. Um, 
But Andy's had a YouTube channel and an Instagram forever. I love his photography. I like the way he sees the world and his positive distractions that he can you find um faking it anywhere these days nice there you go if you've not the I berkey think. black catalog yes so mr berkey as always you are spiffing uh berkey i think you're a dick is there any other business yes and this may either be very helpful or an irritating distraction um on thursday at 8 p.m uh Washington time. I don't know what your fucking time zones are. Um, one o'clock in the morning in the UK. Yeah, there is a live Dirty Smith video coming out on YouTube. Um, nice. So get it watched. And if this comes out after that, then just watch it anyway. Because I'm sure it'll be there on YouTube for you to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the past, in the future, in, in the, the past, past. In the, well, in the future, in the past. So I had this discussion with someone today at work because they were talking about moving a meeting back. Yeah. And they kept phrasing it in a way where you couldn't distinguish if they meant forward or backwards. <laughs> so if you push a meeting back an hour, it's an hour later, right? Yeah. But if you move a meeting back, is that an hour yeah. earlier? You go back to the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't go... <laughs> Wait, no, you, and you, you go back push... to the past. Yeah, you push it yeah. to the future. You... So this, they bring, just had this conversation where it went, far too, it went on far too pants. long, ironically. But it was like, do you mean, and, and I, I genuinely, there was a group of adults stood around a table trying to decide whether they meant make it later <laughs> or earlier. And they just wouldn't use the words later or earlier. They just yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think like you, you push it, if you push it back, that's in the But future. you go forward in time. You go yeah. forward in time from three o'clock to four o'clock. Yeah. So if you move it, if you move it forward, then that's earlier. Fuck, this is so... Yeah, anyway. Exactly. Imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other any other business? No, uh, I'm just going to say something. I can't remember what. I don't know. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, sorry, I got totally distracted. I'm still looking at um, that puppet it's channel. It's great, isn't it? It's really good. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13 or pacing up and down in his room. Uh and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack. There we go. Ooh, Beautiful. Classic. Um, that's very noisy. Uh, and if you want to find us as a group, then Fools for Tools or FWT Podcast in all of the places. Um, yeah, that's still it. need recommendations for people that you'd like to see at Maker Central. And yes. I don't mean volunteer yourself. <laughs> I mean, who, for instance... Hopefully Barnaby Dixon is now coming. Nice. That's a great idea. More yeah. of those, please. I would like to see... That aren't woodturners. <laughs> I, I would like to see the... Uh... I want to see Rick Baker on stage with a gremlin. Yes. Is Rick yes. Baker still alive? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, and, uh, 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 what's his name? English. Andrew English? Is it Andrew English? What? Peter English? Terry. Terry. Terry English. Oh, yes. Terry English. That'd be good. Be fucking awesome, Brett's like, right? oh my god, is it still going? Is it still the <laughs> podcast? Oh my god! Right. Uh, yes. Until next time, we'll uh, we'll we'll just keep distracting Brett and and eating up more of his precious time. Um, oh yeah, because I've got fuck all better to do. <laughs> Mate, I've got to go back to fucking editing. I'm literally now. at work. Uh, right. Uh, we love you. Goodbye. Bye.